0: This is the Daily Signal podcast for Tuesday, March 30th. I'm Jared Stepman.
1: And I'm Rachel Judis. President Joe Biden's administration has recently made false and misleading statements about the current crisis at the southern border with Mexico. What is the truth of the situation? Laura Reese, Senior Research Fellow for Homeland Security at the Heritage Foundation, joins me on the Daily Signal podcast to discuss...
0: Don't forget, if you're enjoying this podcast, please be sure to leave a review or five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and encourage others to subscribe. Now on to our top news. Centers for Disease Control Director Rochelle Walensky warned Americans that a fourth coronavirus surge could be on the way if more precautions aren't taken. I'm going to lose the script, and I'm going to reflect on the recurring feeling I have of impending doom, Walensky said at a White House briefing on Monday. We have so much to look forward to, so much promise and potential where we are, and so much reason for hope, but right now I'm scared. Walensky said that the seven-day average of new coronavirus cases has increased by 10% since the previous week and is around 60,000 cases per day. Of the states that have been hit hardest by the uptick, New York and New Jersey rank at the top. According to ABC7 New York, New Jersey has been reporting about 647 new cases for every 100,000 residents over the past 14 days. New York has averaged 548.
1: The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention said in a new study that the Moderna and Pfizer coronavirus vaccines prevent about 90 percent of infections. The study, published Monday, which examined 3,950 healthcare personnel, and other essential and frontline workers found the vaccine was 90% effective against COVID-19, regardless of symptom status, according to the CDC study.
0: In the opening statements of the trial of former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin, prosecutors said that he betrayed his badge by using unnecessary force on George Floyd, who died in police custody last May. Chauvin used excessive and unnecessary force on the body of Mr. George Floyd when he put his knees upon his neck and back grinding and crushing him until the very life was squeezed out of him, Prosecutor Jerry Blackwell said in court on Monday, according to the Washington Examiner. You will learn that Chauvin was aware that Mr. Floyd was unarmed, and that Mr. Floyd did not threaten anyone. Blackwell acknowledged that Floyd struggled with an opioid addiction for many years, but said that the presence of narcotics in his system at the time of death could be misleading, since habitual users often develop a tolerance to the drug. The prosecution in the Chauvin case is seeking two counts of murder and one count of manslaughter for the death of Floyd.
1: Now stay tuned for my conversation with Laura Reese on fact-checking the claims made by the Biden administration about the border. This is virginia allen host of the daily signal podcast i don't know about you but youtube is certainly one of my guilty pleasures i really enjoy watching short videos on a variety of topics so i'm always looking for videos that are actually educational and beneficial to me in some way and the daily signal youtube channel never disappoints there is so much binge-worthy content from policy and news explainers to documentaries if you're not driving Go ahead and pull out your phone and subscribe to the Daily Signal YouTube channel so you can be in the know on the issues you care about most. You can also search for the channel by going to youtube.com slash dailysignal. I'm joined today on the Daily Signal podcast by Laura Reese. She's a senior research fellow for Homeland Security at the Heritage Foundation. Laura, it's great to have you with us on the Daily Signal podcast.
2: Thanks for having me back on. Well, it's great to have
1: you with us. So your immigration team at Heritage responded to a lot of the different claims made by the Biden administration about what's happening with illegal immigration right now. And so I wanna go through uh, this fact check your team did. And so first off, I wanted to ask, um, you looked at the claim that the border crisis happens every year. What did you find uh, when you looked at this claim made by the Biden administration?
2: Well, there's a big difference between a seasonal flow Uh, with respect to immigration and a border crisis. And so for the Biden administration to say, well, a border crisis happens every year, then by definition would not make that a crisis. And so they are really conflating two very different things. And if you look at the numbers, um, it it is certainly not a uh, seasonal flow that we are seeing right now. For example, 69,000 illegal aliens were apprehended in November of 2020. Uh, But just in February of this year, over 100,000 have been apprehended, and uh, that's expected to go up to over 120,000 for March. And then in contrast, the November to March numbers under President Trump in the 2019 to 2020 actually decreased. And from March of 2020 to March of this year, uh, Customs and Board Protection anticipates a 263% increase in illegal crossings.
1: Well, can we go through that second claim uh, that President Trump's policies didn't reduce illegal crossings?
2: Well, they absolutely did. So in 2019, we did see a border crisis and the Trump administration began two critical programs that were real game changers. One was the Remain in Mexico program, which allowed asylum seekers to still apply for asylum, but they had to wait in Mexico while their proceedings um, took place. And when would-be migrants realized that claiming a fear was no longer going to be their ticket to get into the U.S. to then disappear, they stopped coming. And the numbers quickly started to decline. The other key aspect of that was the agreements that the Trump administration made with the governments of Mexico, Honduras, El Salvador and Guatemala. And for the first time, the Trump administration used the leverage that the U.S. has with respect to these countries and said, if you want to continue to get foreign aid from us, we expect some cooperation in return, particularly with respect to immigration. And so those countries agreed and they enforced their own respective borders, they built up their own respective asylum systems, and they took nationals back who traversed through their countries but didn't seek asylum until they got to the U.S., and so those numbers quickly decreased. Um, At the height of the 2019 crisis, 140,000 illegal aliens were caught trying to cross the border, Uh, That went down to 42,000 in November of 2019. And then by March of 2020, apprehensions were down to about 33,000 for the month.
1: Well, there was another claim that was made uh, that the Remain in Mexico policy was inhumane. So, Laura, can you first tell us about that policy and then whether or not it was actually inhumane?
2: So the uh, Trump administration negotiated with the government of Mexico to house migrants on the Mexico side of the border who wanted to continue to pursue an asylum claim with the US. And Mexico offered housing as well as jobs. And the claims that President Biden made during his um, press conference last week um, bizarrely claimed that uh, the Trump administration left illegal aliens sitting on the edge of the Rio Grande, that there wasn't enough to eat, Um, There's no evidence to support that. But he also claimed that the Trump administration sent kids back to Mexico to starve. Now, not only is that ridiculous, but the Biden administration is returning uh, Mexican nationals back to Mexico. Uh, So they're not being honest about what they themselves are doing in the current crisis.
1: We got a recent piece published for Heritage.org, and it's called Biden Administration's New ICE Guidance Turns America into a Sanctuary Country. Can you tell us, Laura, about the new guidelines uh, for immigration and customs enforcement that those agents are subject to now under the Biden administration?
2: Yeah, so everything old is new again. Uh, Under the Obama administration, uh, the Department of Homeland Security put out a ICE or Immigration and Customs Enforcement Priorities Memo. And it it narrowed the types of cases that ICE could arrest people, detain them, or remove them. And so, under the Trump administration, that priorities memo was rescinded. Now, under the Biden administration, not only do they return to this notion of a priorities memo, but they greatly restrict who ICE can apprehend and remove, far beyond what the Obama administration did. So the memo that was issued in February of this year by this administration basically lists three priorities, terrorists, spies, and convicted aggravated felons. And that leaves out a large number of very serious uh, criminals In ter- if you think of Um, driving under the influence or um, domestic abuse, uh, child abuse, molestation, crimes like that, very serious crimes that would not be considered a priority for this administration. Uh, And finally, the the memo also lists anyone who illegally entered the U.S. after November 1 of 2020, but I don't give that one uh, much credence because anyone can purchase a document to show that they've been in the U.S. by whatever date is necessary. So this restricts ICE's caseload by about 90 percent, and it really does make uh, the U.S. a sanctuary country. So it it tells future migrants, come into the U.S. and we are not going to deport you.
1: Well, you had mentioned that these new guidelines really do restrict or, I guess, take off about 90% of ICE agents' workload, can you talk a little bit more about what they would usually be doing and how this new so-called guidance really keeps them from doing their job?
2: So there are several uh, grounds uh, in the Immigration and Nationality Act that makes someone either inadmissible into the U.S. or removable from the U.S. when they're here. Anything from if they illegally uh, crossed the border without being inspected, if they entered with a visa and overstayed the terms of those visas, uh, a number of crimes, uh, etc. And so many of those then are taken off the table for ICE agents to put someone into removal proceedings or to seek their removal. And what is even more ridiculous about this memo. It says, if an ICE agent wishes to pursue someone with a case that doesn't fall into these three priorities that I mentioned, they have to go first get prior approval from a supervisor, and they have to write a descriptive narrative justification each week to pursue such cases. So this administration is clearly telling ICE agents, don't do your job. So, Laura, something else you
1: had fact-checked was a claim made by President Biden, which really has blamed the Trump administration for the border crisis. And you said that this claim doesn't have credibility. Why is that the case?
2: Well, the most obvious evidence is that the Trump administration did not have a border crisis in 2020, Because following the 2019 border crisis, the the Trump administration had implemented those successful programs I had mentioned earlier, the Remain in Mexico program and the agreements with the Central American countries, which drastically reduced the illegal encounters at the border. And in 2020, those numbers continued to fall. Now, the... Career officials at Homeland Security had several meetings with the Biden transition team and warned the transition team that if they rescinded those programs or removed um, the operations, revoked those agreements, that they would quickly have a border crisis on their hands. And that's exactly what happened and, and what we are now experiencing. So the, the Biden administration has long tried to argue they don't have a crisis on their hands. Uh, That's obviously false. Any American can see that. But by now trying to blame President Trump, um, it's a tacit acknowledgement by the Biden administration that they do, in fact, have a crisis on their hands.
1: Well, Lori, you also fact-checked some claims um, from Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, and the claim that he had made uh, was that, you know, we're expelling families, we're expelling single adults, we have communicated and will continue to communicate to the children, do not come. You had rated this claim as false. Why is that the case?
2: Well, he continues to state that if uh, unaccompanied children come to the border, that we will let them all in, which is an extremely dangerous statement to make uh, because it just encourages traffickers and smugglers to use children and for parents to send their children unaccompanied north to the border. This administration is returning some families back to Mexico, some single adults, particularly Mexican nationals. Um, They are treating nationals from other countries, from non-contiguous countries differently. They are allowing them into the US and to remain here. Um, I have yet to uh, have someone explain to me why they're treating Mexican nationals differently than all other nationals. They should all be returned to either Mexico or their home country. Uh, But with respect to the children in particular, the numbers are just shocking. I mean, every day it's jumping by the thousands. It's now over 18,000 in detention. Um, So, And it's the left's policies that have encouraged this by giving benefits to unaccompanied alien children. And it just encourages more parents to send them north. Um, So the officials in this administration really need to pause and, and step back and realize they are... Their policies are leading to more trafficking and not less.
1: Well, and lastly, Laura, another uh, claim made by Department of Homeland Secretary Alejandro Maracas was that uh, Border Patrol agents are focused on operations, on securing the border, on addressing the needs of vulnerable children. And you had rated this claim as misleading. Why is it misleading?
2: The agents are you know, doing everything they can in terms of um, DEALING WITH THE LARGE VOLUMES of, OF PEOPLE WHO ARE CROSSING THE BORDER. Um, the, THE SECRETARY HAS TRANSFERRED RESOURCES FROM THE NORTHERN BORDER TO THE SOUTHERN BORDER, um, BUT BECAUSE OF THE LARGE VOLUMES, um, MANY AGENTS ARE PULLED OFF THE LINE AND HAVING TO ADDRESS CHILDREN, WHETHER THAT'S THE FEEDING AND CARING OF THEM, um, CHANGING DIAPERS, and, AND THESE AGENTS, THEIR HEARTS GO OUT TO THESE um. To these children, uh, but it really affects the ability to secure the border, uh, which is you know, one of the reasons why we, we indeed have an open border right now and nationals from countries all over the world are exploiting it.
1: Well, Laura, thank you so much for joining us on The Daily Signal podcast. It's always great having you with us. Thanks for having me. And that'll do it for today's episode. Thanks for listening to The Daily Signal podcast.
0: You can find The Daily Signal podcast on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Please be sure to leave us a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and encourage others to subscribe.
1: Thanks again for listening, and we'll be back with you all tomorrow.
0: The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. It is executive produced by Kate Trinko and Rachel Del Judas. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop.